maybe there's a, a good part of life is don't go around accusing people of causing Benghazi. Like, I mean, maybe there's a lesson to be had from that. True, true. Write that down. Write yes. that down. Welcome to Lawyers Behaving Badly. I am Karen Delaney. And I am Jennifer Judge. And I'm Naveen Kabir. Ah! Oh, we have a surprise host. Thank you, Naveen. We, I guess we should talk about how we know Naveen. Naveen is an attorney as well. I feel like we've known you forever at this point. We've known each other for a really long time. Naveen has been in like my social circles. I feel like the entire time I've been a lawyer, we've just been like, Little planets circling the same sun. (laughs) (laughs) So we have harassed Naveen into joining us today, I think, because we share a number of common interests. Number one, Bravo. Yes. And celebrity gossip. And so celebrity gossip was my number two, because Naveen, I actually think we're going to talk about blind items today, which are for people who were like me a couple of years ago who didn't know, it's sort of like A-list celebs seen with D-list boyfriend fighting on the street. Are they breaking up? And then everybody guesses in the comments who it is. And occasionally these gossip bloggers reveal it. I didn't even know about any of this. I think you were the one who introduced me to Blind Items and Dumois and NT Lawyer who we're going to talk about today. So I have you to thank for that rich tapestry in my life now. Oh, I feel so honored. (laughs) Thank you. (laughs) Welcome to the world of endless speculation. <laughs> yeah, and, and frequently baseless speculation, which I yeah, wildly enjoy. baseless. <laughs> I think when KP and I started talking about an episode on this lawsuit and this topic, we both were like, oh, well, Naveen is the expert on this. Like, how could we not have Naveen on this episode to help us talk about the Real Housewives and Inti Lawyer and Celebrity Gossip. It's like all of our interests combined. All we need to do is combine like skincare into this. It would perfectly encapsulate (laughs) our group chat. Which we have done because we're recording at almost nine o'clock at night central time for JJ and I. And listen, babes, I am lathered and slathered right now. I did my skincare before this. I was like, I'm going to get some extra skincare time in. I am moisturized and ready to go glistening. So all of our interests are converging right now. (laughs) I was like, I need to look like a glazed donut when I talk to Naveen because (laughs) this bitch knows skincare and it's got to look good. (laughs) Well, you both look fabulous. Thank you. (laughs) These are all my favorite things exploding into one fun fun podcast. So I'm excited to record with you. Yeah, I love it. Well, I'll kind of jump off and get us started on our main topic today. We're going to skip hot topics this week because there is a lot going on here in this lawsuit. And so we have the perfect encapsulation here of Housewives drama. And not only is it Housewives drama, but it's something with much larger implications, possibly, about the potential liability for gossip blogs and the blind items that KP referenced. I feel like you don't really see this like... I mean, I really only follow Dumois and I think I follow NT Lawyer on Instagram. I've never been a reader of the blog. Naveen, do you read the blog? It, and it's it's crazy. Religiously. Nights, right? Yeah. Oh, yes. really? Okay, good. So you are an expert. I knew it. Oh, yeah. I mean, I was reading NT Lawyer, Crazy Days and Nights. I don't read it as much anymore. And Naveen, you can correct me if I'm wrong. I was re- researching on Reddit. People think he's gone down like a QAnon 
rabbit yes. hole. He's been like red pilled, apparently, but he's, he's a lot like Elon in that way. But a few years ago, like every day, multiple times a day, I was on crazy days and nights and I was reading those blinds. So yeah, I Pink is the New Black got me through law school. I read that during all my law school oh, classes. Oh, I remember that. Yeah. I don't know if y'all read that one. Mm-hmm. I remember Pink is a New Blog. Is that the same Yeah, one? that's the, yeah, yes. sorry, Pink okay. is a New okay. Blog. Okay. Yes. Yes. That. yes, that was key. Yeah, that one got me through a lot of boring law school classes. I used to read Perez Hilton. I'm yes. embarrassed to admit. <laughs> mm-hmm. I remember the Perez Hilton days. And I, well, I, and I think my issue right now, so like I said, haven't been a reader of the blog. I do follow them on Insta. Part of it is just, guys, like I'm old now. And so, so many of these blinds, I'm just like, I don't know who these people are. <laughs> Even when they're revealed, I'm like, so a lot of it's just lost on me at this point, unfortunately. <laughs> But I still, I still do click through like all the Insta stories, especially for Dumois. Yeah, he tells a lot of stories Dumois. on he tells a lot of stories on TikTok. So if you follow him on TikTok, oh really? Oh, yeah, I didn't know that. Okay, oh, well I'm gonna. Have I don't to watch his TikToks. I just read his blog. Okay. <laughs> okay, well that's good to know because he's he seems to be trying to get a larger audience. We'll we'll talk about that. So the one reason why we're here, I think, and you guys can tell me if you've heard about this before, is the Streisand effect. And the whole reason that we're having a podcast on this topic, if you haven't heard of the Streisand effect, it's about, it's named after the time this California Coastal Projects, which was investigating erosion on the coast of California, ran a picture of Barbara Streisand's like palatial Malibu estate on the California coast as evidence of erosion. And Barbara Streisand flipped her shit and like sent demand letter, demand letter after demand letter to this project to take down this picture of her home because it was ruining her street cred as an environmentalist. And as a result of doing that, everyone learned about Barbara Streisand's giant house, the Malibu coastline, because she wouldn't let it go. And she tried to like sue these people into dropping the lawsuit. And so now it's become a common term that we use when we talk about defamation lawsuits. Basically, are you willing to put all the bad stuff out there in the public sphere that's about you just to say that it's not true? And I think that's kind of the calculus we're going to look at with Diana, because I did not know any of this about Diana and any of these allegations before she filed this lawsuit. Same. I think I mentioned when we first mentioned that we were going to do this a few weeks ago, I took a look at this lawsuit when it first was filed. And I since have really not looked at it. I didn't retain very much of it. But I had no idea about... (laughs) any of this. (laughs) And I never would have had reason to, even as somebody who regularly watches Real Housewives of Beverly Hills, where she's a cast member, none of this had like stuck in my brain. And that's even as someone that read like Crazy Days and Nights, none of this one, her name, I never retained her name as like when she was announced as a cast member, I wasn't like, oh, her, but I have a feeling that you were. Did you? (laughs) I was. I was like, like, it's a Hollywood madam, alleged Hollywood (gasps) madam. Oh my God. See, I had no idea. I had no idea. I was like, look at this pretty rich lady. And you're like, <laughs> well, I, no, I, I was just her. like, look at this like cold Eastern European who seems to be quite old with like a 20 year old boyfriend. Oh, like, yes. He's so young. Okay. That is so funny that you like, was that because you are such a follower of Crazy Days and Nights or do you heard it elsewhere? Like, is this just out in the ether? 
No, it's because I read the website and I remember seeing, I didn't know who she was for the longest time, but then when they announced her casting, I was like, oh, it's a woman from Crazy Days and Nights. <laughs> okay. That's interesting. That comes up soon in this lawsuit. They talk about kind of that reaction. But I think one of the biggest questions in celebrity gossip right now is who is Inti Lawyer? And I don't know if y'all have gone down the rabbit hole of Googling. Oh, I have. <laughs> well, I, I and I back. assume Naveen has. <laughs> I actually <laughs> haven't. So you can, you can enlighten <gasps> me. Oh, just- well, in 2016, he gave a Vanity Fair interview where he revealed his identity to them. He sent them a picture of his bar card and they verified his identity, but they didn't disclose it. Uh, okay, we have to stop. Pause. Because, because, yes, pause. Because I read this same article. And are you going to talk about the fact that he apparently may be a lawyer from St. Louis? I did see this. So he's either a lawyer from St. Louis or he's a trust wills and estates lawyer in Los Angeles. Okay. So the Vanity Fair article says, I think it's the Vanity Fair article. There was also maybe a New York Post article that I'm thinking of, but they're very careful in how they phrase that he is an attorney from Los Angeles because they also claim that he gave them some other proof, like maybe a poem Amber Tamblin had written him or something. Yes. And it all is false. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's all fabricated. Mm-hmm. And they're very careful in describing, he sent them a scan of a bar card. And I don't have the paragraph pulled up in front of me, but as I was kind of digging into this and who is this guy The fact that he has lied so much about who he is and his connections, and there is, if you Google this St. Louis lawyer, there is a Wikipedia page under his name that says he's anti-lawyer. But the article is very careful to basically say, he showed us a scan of his bar card. It does not actually say, yes, or like, we validated this bar card belongs to the same individual that we were talking to because like my bar card doesn't have my picture on it no mine doesn't does the california one Naveen? i don't even have one i mean (laughs) i think i can print one out as a pdf or something on the website i should know this but i don't as a california in texas they give us a bright gold bar card it's like shiny gold with our name on it well that's exciting it's very it's the only it's the only exciting thing Texas does. So they <laughs> very go all out on bar carts. <laughs> but there's just something that caught my attention about there is a difference between saying he showed us X that says he's a California lawyer and like I actually took the steps to validate that that is true. And there are certainly other sources that suggest that he's just some guy in St. Louis, Missouri. <laughs> Who does intellectual property work? I went down a bunch of Reddit rabbit trails on this, and a lot of people had other theories. So for a long time, there was a rumor that Robert Downey Jr. is anti lawyer. Mm -hmm. His lawyer and his rep have flatly denied that one. I don't know if y'all know who this other person is, but I loved this one. There's a theory that anti lawyer and reality Steve are the same person. I don't know, KP, you don't know, but. Back when like the Bachelor and Bachelorette were in their heyday, Reality Steve had a blog where he would spoil every season, like the minute it released. Oh, I did hear about this guy because didn't he blow up a year or two ago because there were, 
I don't want to say, I, I don't know if it was inappropriate conduct or maybe just bullying or abusing access to contestants or something. Yes, he was like threatening people for access or things like that. That sounds vaguely familiar. I think that was right. I stopped paying attention to him once I stopped paying attention to the Bachelor slash Bachelorette. But man, I read a lot of Reality Steve in like 2008, <laughs> 2009. So I really liked this theory. <laughs> and they based on the fact that their voices sound the same, by the way. So that is the entirety of that theory, is that their voices okay. sound the same. There's another theory that a lot of people on Reddit believe is that the original NT lawyer died and the new this new guy is replacing him. Maybe there was an LA lawyer and then the St. Louis lawyer replaced him in honor of NT lawyer. Okay. okay. <laughs> but Naveen, you haven't gone down that rabbit hole, even though you read the blog a lot. That's like his identity is not necessarily a part of the appeal. Yeah, I for some reason, I, I just like don't really care who he is. I assume that he was not a lawyer, actually, because he yeah. just trades in this like ridiculous, like speculative gossip that has I mean, he reveals a lot of blind items, which I think is crazy. But mm -hmm. I just find it so entertaining to read and I never was interested in <laughs> figuring out who it was. Yeah. I also love Dumois and I read all the Sunday mm -hmm. Spotted and everything. I just think blind gossip is super fun. Yeah. Oh, it's yeah. super fun. It's just a great distraction for like when the world sucks and you can think about which reality housewife is cheating on their husband or something. So are you a member of Inti's Patreon, Naveen? I am not. I have not gone that far. He has a Patreon where each month you can pay $4.99, you can pay $20, or each month you can pay $250 to be a member of his Patreon. And the $250 is just money laundering, right? Like, we think that's what that is. Like, there's no <laughs> way he's providing $250. He's not providing Westlaw amounts of content per month. Well, so I think the deal is that you get to because he has a podcast, you get to like go co-host the podcast or something. I don't know. I don't listen to the podcast, but I did, you know, they tell you how many Patreon subscribers somebody had. And mm -hmm. I just ran the rough numbers based on the $5 subscription or something. And it's like 14 or $15,000 a month from Patreon alone. Oh, wow. Which is mind blowing. Because <laughs> we know he still gets ad revenue from his website mm -hmm. too. So I mean, his janky website. Yeah, it is the worst website ever. It is so janky. It's like on an old GeoCities platform <laughs> website. It's so bad. <laughs> but I used to love like Oscar night or Emmys because he'd always do like a shit ton of reveals on those nights of the blind items. So I would always like wait on Twitter for him to post all of his reveals. Then just like click, 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 click down all the links. Man, I loved those nights. <laughs> oh, yeah. I love when you can just click on the blind item revealed tag and it just gives you all the reveals. Yes. Mm -hmm. It's the best. No one else reveals. Maybe this is why. Maybe no one reveals because they end up getting sued for defamation. So I don't know. But here we are. Has he been sued before? I would assume that somebody has come after him before this. Apparently not. He says he's received cease and desist letters, but he hasn't been sued. Interesting. Mm hmm. I think we need to talk about the other half of this equation, though, and that's the real housewives. Yes. So for those of you, those of you who have far more discerning taste in entertainment than we clearly do, you may not know who the Real Housewives are. It is a reality series about women living and interacting in various places around the world, and each location is its own series. Beverly Hills is kind of the crown jewel of the series, I think, in terms of you have seriously, legitimately rich people as cast members on the show. 
I think for me, at least part of the fun is watching and just gawking at the lifestyles of these truly wealthy people. If you don't watch the show, for example, like the Hilton sisters are cast members, Kathy Hilton, who is Paris Hilton's mom. As I typed that out, like I realized a large chunk of our audience may not even know who Paris Hilton Paris, is because know, we're so yeah. because we're so old. <laughs> and that made no, me this, sad. this doing this podcast continually reminds me that we're just we are so old at this point. It's embarrassing. <laughs> <laughs> we're like, hey kids, so let me tell you what Enron was back in two thousand one. So Paris Hilton was really famous one time. <laughs> And Kim Kardashian was her assistant once upon yes. a time. Yes. yes. Paris Hilton had a TV series where she and Nicole Richie just went around the country being jerks. <laughs> <laughs> this year we had a new cast member join named Diana Jenkins. And I think in a cast and a show of ostentatious displays of wealth, she stood out as someone who was the most ostentatious about her displays Did of she wealth. really? I, I think I didn't pay attention very well this season. But where I come at this, and I mentioned this in a previous episode, is seems like, for whatever reason, scammers love being on reality TV. <laughs> and I guess if you are bold enough to be a fraudster, maybe you're bold enough to think that you can go on reality TV and, you know, nothing will ever come to light. But two years ago, we had the whole Tom Girardi fraud that we've talked about on the podcast before. His wife, Erica Jane, who aspires to be his ex-wife, is a cast member on Real Housewives of Beverly Hills. There are all sorts of questions about whether she knew that Tom was stealing millions of dollars from his own clients who are like plane crash victims, whether that money was used to fund their lifestyle, and what sort of responsibility she has in the fallout of all of this to help make these people whole, yet also survive and protect herself. And 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 that's kind of explored in this in these past two seasons, right? But that happened, I mean, that really kicked off two years ago and the fallout has continued for the last two years. And then you have the, uh, who's the Salt Lake City housewife? Jen Jen Shaw. Shaw, Who also committed like massive fraud, right? I don't think on the Tom Girardi scale, but. No, I mean, she was only like stealing, preying on older people to steal their money. But it was like millions of dollars. Yeah. Oh, yeah. No, yeah. yeah, It was a massive. So she's she's, being sentenced in January, I think. Right. So she's still a cast member on Salt Lake City. She's going to be sentenced in January. There are the people out in New Jersey. And so I think especially with Erica Girardi and Jen Shaw within the last two years, I'm kind of just like, if you show up on a Real Housewives franchise and you are really ridiculously wealthy... I just want to know a little bit more. I just want to know a little bit more about your background. I just want to know what's up. Because it doesn't seem like Andy and Bravo are doing that great a job at uh, you know due diligence these days. Or are they? Because we're talking about well, it. Well, true. <laughs> true. Yeah. Maybe they're doing a fantastic job. Well, did you hear how Diana got her money? Yes. Well, I... You well, no, say, you tell me. Yeah, you yeah, tell, tell me, me. Because I, I Googled her and it, there was a bunch in this lawsuit. But you tell me, too. Well, my understanding is that she was married to like a Barclays banker who was like mm-hmm. a highfalutin guy in the bank in England and where he was Scottish or something like that. And yeah. they, and they had a big divorce and she got a huge divorce settlement. But like she's got so much money on the show. Like it was crazy how she would send her s- entire staff out to a location before 
the other girls got there on a trip and then she'd have a, an entire hotel suite to herself and she'd send wardrobe. She sent her stylist. She sent all these people like she's got money on another level that these women aspire to. Oh yeah. I guess, but that's the thing is it's like, it's certainly the appearance of money, but that was the case with Erica Girardi too. Yeah. They had two planes. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and er- Erica Girardi also did stuff like she traveled with a glam squad so that's why when Diana showed up, and I I picked up her backstory later as a result of basically us deciding we were going to talk about this on the podcast and seeing the lawsuit. I somehow missed if it was covered in the show. I missed it, but I was just like, who like who is this lady and what is her deal? And she does not come across as warm on the podcast. I mean, on the on she's the show. definitely cold. She was born in Sarajevo and then like fled the country when that was embroiled in war and then moved to England. Roger Jenkins apparently was the highest earning banker at Barclays Bank. They were doing quite well for themselves. How did they meet? She met him while she was working jobs in England, apparently. So allegedly she was working like three low paying jobs, learning English sending money back to her family. And he met her throughout the course of one of those jobs is my understanding. She was allegedly studying economics in college when the war broke out. So she was like, educated, and she was just trying to make ends meet. But that's how they met. And they are married for, uh, let's see, six years, 10 years, they're married for 10 years and have two kids. And allegedly her settlement you know, if you Google around, no one really knows. But allegedly, her settlement was around $300 million oh as part God. of the divorce. Nice work if you can get it. Yeah, seriously. <laughs> <laughs> I think my favorite moment from Diana in the series was when the women were talking about shopping. And she was like, oh, I haven't been shopping in years. Designers just send me things. Oh, yeah. <laughs> that was hilarious. <laughs> Diana's best friend apparently is Sir Elton John, and she sits on the board of his foundation. And one thing that she talked about a lot in the show is how passionate she is about philanthropy. And this is kind of where we get to what Naveen knew about her and what I learned as a result of all of this. She's so passionate about philanthropy that she published a book called Room 23, which was a fine art coffee table book of portraits of celebrities in a Beverly Hills penthouse. And the celebrities it had in it included pictures like George Clooney, Heidi Klum, Elton John, Kenny G, Ludacris, Hayden Panettiere, Lindsay Lohan, and then other celebrities. These made me laugh. Milo Vinto, whatever his name is, mm-hmm. Stacey Dash, Gina Gershon, Kid Rock, and others like that. So it was like a real motley crew. I'm still getting over Kenny G. Kenny like, G. Was Kenny in this G. <laughs> Could I pay a premium to get the copy without him? (laughs) Done without him. Look at that hair, KP. You want Mm -hmm. him in there. (laughs) We are going to discuss Room 23 a lot more. We've kind of gone through Diana's background, NT. So here we are, present day. Diana has filed a lawsuit against NT Lawyer and various other anonymous commenters on NT's website, claiming that they committed defamation per se against her. I know, KP, you said you've skimmed it. I think, Naveen, have you like skimmed the complaint back when it came out? Yeah, I skimmed it back then. I thought the writing was enjoyable. It was a fun read. It was. And that's, uh, that was the one thing that stood out to me. It's very, very long, but I thought it was well written. And I thought their lawyers did a good job kind of laying out everything. So 
kind of begin what is defamation per se, what she's alleging. And basically she's alleging that NT lawyer said certain things that are so harmful and on their face, they're so harmful that if he said them with the requisite mindset, she would be presumed to have suffered damages as opposed to other types of defamation where you have to prove that you were damaged. So we can get further on towards the end, kind of in what are indie lawyers' defenses to this, possible defenses to these claims. But just know that her case is not is pretty far from a slam dunk here for her, even with the things that she's alleging he said that are defamatory. And we'll kind of go through some of those statements. We'll start in 2012. On March 12th, 2012, Inti Lawyer posts a blind item alleging that a, quote, former B television actress was physically and sexually abused by her romantic partners. And that was it. And then in response, an anonymous commenter named Hmm replied, and I'm just going to pause here. There's a big theory as well that Robert Downey Jr. is the Hmm commenter as well that was very commonly talking in Inti's blog. I have no idea where that came from. Literally no idea how people decided that was Robert Downey Jr. Do you, Naveen? I mean, I remember when that whole kerfuffle kicked up and everybody was like, yeah, everybody knows that Robert Downey Jr. is like commenting on this blog. I've heard that, but I have no idea where that came from. Yeah, and no clue. But this commenter says the subject of the blind item was Hayden Panettiere and that Diana Jenkins ran, quote, a high-class call girl, party girl ring for Arabs, Wall Street, DC Royals, and Hollywood elites. The comment is actually like four paragraphs long, and I'll spare you from reading it, but that was kind of the end of it. Um, And the one thing that stuck out to me in this comment, because it is like four paragraphs long, and there's a lot of like random capitalized letters and all caps and things thrown in, it's very QAnon energy. Like when you read this, it's very like before there was QAnon, these people were like, if you follow this trail and you look at these things and you just pay attention, you'll understand that Diana Jenkins is behind all of this. Well, yeah, if you like conspiracies, this Mm -hmm. plays right into that. And yeah, yeah, this plays right into that. Yeah. And it's great to what's a it seems like a harmless conspiracy theory when it's just some random Hollywood socialite. You know, you can say that they're trafficking young women, which is explicitly what they do. In January 2018, NT Lawyer makes a blind item that later reveals that he later reveals was Diana, where he accuses her of trafficking underage girls. Allegedly, she was using one of her charities that she set up with Sean Penn. She would take underage girls from Eastern European countries from Haiti to, quote unquote, assist in humanitarian efforts in Haiti. But in actuality, they would force them to engage in sex work non-voluntarily. And then as a reward, the corrupt Haitian officials would then give them U.S. passports and send the women to the U.S. as U.S. citizens. Um, so This is the theory. Yeah, This is the theory, according yeah. to Inti Lawyer. He says Diana was involved in and basically she set up all of her charities as a cover to traffic all these teens and tween age girls. And I'll have to pull up the complaint because I think one thing that surprised me about a lot of these statements is that they're like pretty definitive and I'm not a defamation expert. I don't do that stuff, but I have been around long enough to know that even with public figures, you need to be careful about stating (laughs) things as fact. 
if you don't know that they are fact and like couching, just leave a little room for doubt there. I mean, that's crazy to me just to be like, and she's not even, I understand she was maybe like adjacent to the Hollywood social scene, but she's not an actress herself. She's just some rich lady who by virtue of her wealth has managed to insert herself into this social scene. So to me, that's kind of shocking to just like put that out there like that. Yeah. And especially in like 2012, to me, it's really random. But I think one thing that the complaint makes clear and what NT Lawyer later says, I think in several podcasts is that 2012 initial blind item is the highest viewed blind item that he's ever had on his website. And so if you're looking to drive clicks, and you're looking to drive interest, why not keep going back to the topics that apparently drive a lot of interest and keep people looking at your blog? Which is also just weird to me, I guess, like, what is the interest? Because again, she's not really a public figure. She's adjacent to everybody else. So really, the interest is like this kind of gruesome, like, true crime kind of sex trafficking thing. I think, KP, you just haven't done your research and you don't understand how it's all connected. And if you would just do the research, you would see how Diana is really the Rosetta Stone of all Hollywood scandals. Yeah. (laughs) We take a weird twist here with our next alleged defamatory statement. In 2018, NT Lawyer releases a blind item that he later revealed was Diana. He said that she was romantically involved with Muammar Gaddafi's son. And as part of that romantic relationship, allegedly used the Red Cross and helped them and him hide, smuggle, and launder all of the illegally obtained money from the Libyan government. And then in that post also references the U.S. attack on Benghazi and how uh, Diana got money from the Libyan government and helped them uh, launder it at the exact same time that Benghazi happened and tried to like imply a connection there. And it really sounded like something out of a fever dream for me. Um, Again, this one was way under my radar. I did not hear this one. I think 2018, I may have stopped reading Crazy Days and Nights as much. Um, Naveen, have you heard this one? I I remember an allegation that somebody was involved with Muammar Gaddafi's son, Mm -hmm. but uh, I didn't remember the details of it. And then when when she got on uh, Beverly Hills Housewives... And I went back and read all the blind items about her. I saw this one and I was like, this is just like pure fantasy. Yes. Yeah. Two things. One, I love that you went back and read all the blind items about her as soon as she was announced (laughs) as a cast member. Because that is research. We are thorough, if nothing else. (laughs) And number two, that was my thought that I had flagged to ask us. Assume this is true. How does NT Lawyer find this out? Like, who is his source? Who is telling him, listen, the Libyan government is laundering money through this rich white woman from London, and she's hooking up with Muammar Gaddafi's son. Like, who is telling him this? Where is this coming from? Like, I just don't get it. I don't get, like, how a critical reader could read that and be like, yeah, checks out. (laughs) (laughs) It also doesn't seem on brand for a lot of his other... No. Blind items, like the international money laundering angle, like, come on. No, like his blind items are like, oh, I saw so-and-so smoking the other day outside so-and-so restaurant, even though they swore they'd given it up. Or, and like a lot of them too, one thing that he noted, and 
actually what I, the blinds I enjoyed the most on, I won't say the most, I enjoyed on his site because they're really, really, they're really scandalous ones were the ones I enjoyed the most. But the ones I enjoyed second most were the ones where he would publicize celebrities doing like philanthropy or good things where they never publicized it in themselves. So you actually learn like who is an actual good person in Hollywood and who was doing like cool charity things. And in one of the interviews with him that I read, he talked about that's like one of his three guiding principles was he's never going to out someone. He's never going to write about someone's kids and he's going to publish celebrities doing good things when the celebrities don't look for publicity themselves when they do it. But this one doesn't quite fit in the three. It was, it was out there. So we get to November 2018 and we have more sex trafficking allegations. And this is where we finally get to talk about room 23 again. So in November 2018, he releases another blind item and he doesn't reveal on the website who this applies to, but he does reveal it on his podcast where he claims that Diana is using third parties and countries to traffic underage Eastern European women. And he says that, Basically, Diana used the Room 23 book as advertising for the subjects of sex work. And specifically, this is where he started talking about the yachting system. I learned about yachting through Inti and Crazy Days Fair. and Nights as well. Oh, I'd heard about yachting a long time ago. Should we discuss that briefly? And then yeah. we can get back to this book because I think like the whole book thing is, I think, truly unhinged, but I'm... It's banana pants, but we'll go back. We'll come yeah, back to it so because yachting, so the, discuss. Yachting. So yachting system, and this is like I said, I learned this from Crazy Days and Nights. So who knows how true it is? But allegedly, young women would be paid to accompany rich men on yachts as they yacht about the world in the Mediterranean, engaging in sex work, essentially. And there were allegations specifically that NT makes that Hayden Panettiere was in it. I had heard before that like Lindsay Lohan was in it, potentially Britney Spears at some point, like all the celebrity gossip where they would basically spend the summer when rich people are out yachting, sleeping around, being paid to sleep with men on their yachts. Or at least, I mean, paid companionship. Yeah, know. paid. Com that's true. Paid companionship. We can assume what else happens there, but the implication is paid companionship at a minimum. So he says that Diana uses this Room 23 book as advertising for her yachting system. And I, look, <laughs> how the fuck is this supposed to work? I don't, what, what do we do? We, how do you know Kenny, is Kenny G available for the yacht? Like, how like, do you know what's on the menu here? <laughs> like, if that's possible, I'm like George Clooney. Yeah, is it George Clooney? <laughs> <laughs> An option, I'll take him. <laughs> and the thing about the yachting, I mean, I understand that there have been, allegations about um, various young female stars and whether they're yachting and, and all of that. But it's also, I mean, I thought it was just kind of a thing with Instagram models and, you know, it's a way to make money. And I guess what I sort of struggle with in all of this is, I mean, I understand that there have been for a really long time, there have been salacious rumors about I mean, pick any up and coming young actress who or model rumors that if they're in the Mediterranean, like they're engaging in yachting, they're engaging in prostitution. I sort of view it as a little bit similar to rumors about who's on a casting couch with certain directors. And probably stuff like that happens. But I also think a lot of it is more garden variety. Like I had always sort of heard about this where 
if you're an Instagram model and you have a large following, you know, get yourself a paid vacation with some old guy and go spend a couple of weeks on a yacht. But it's just kind of like, what do we, there's a book? Like, what, how do we think this? I don't, it just doesn't even strike me that this would work. I mean, this is way too complex. Like, have you guys ever tried to plan a surprise birthday party for somebody? And yet we're going to like <laughs> publish a book of, we're going to go to the trouble of getting Kid Rock, Kenny G, and George Clooney. <laughs> None of whom fair, are available Kid, for yachting. To be fair, Kid Rock may have been pretty free. Like, who knows what his schedule was? <laughs> yeah, true. <laughs> but we're going to we're going to like create this elaborate cover and like set up this huge production with all of these stars. That's ostensibly for charity because I think that's what the like some of the pictures are maybe like a little bit racy or suggestive or something. And so a lot of it was supposed to be for charity. But then somehow we're like sandwich in this secret menu of high profile process. Like, does nobody text? I don't understand. I literally don't understand how this works. It's a lot of work. It's a lot of work. And what he's proposing. And some of his blinds too, like we've already talked about, it sounds like a fever dream. But in like some of these allegations where he's talking about the book or something, it's like, it's hidden on a website that no one can hack. And this secret country keeps that website hosted so that no one can ever hack it, even though people try all the time. I'm like, well, this is this is fiction. Like we're, we're writing a fantasy right now. It is so interesting that you say that he's become red pilled and like QAnon or whatever, because this does all just have like the echoes of conspiracy, QAnon, like just wacky ass stuff where it's like, okay, let's like break this down step by step for me. <laughs> <laughs> There's a book <laughs> with George Clooney, but it's also for prostitutes. <laughs> The one thing that struck me as I read all of these blinds, because the blinds get like, here's the thing about Crazy Days and Nights. The blinds were usually like a paragraph max, and it was like a fun little thing. Uh, Some of these blinds are like pages long of, here's some of it. Like, it is those recipients who have blocked and wedged and impeded and done anything they can to stop their activities being brought to the light, which is what had been happening here in the States. In recent days, our socialite was publicly spotted with the leader of this tiny country, Photos were taken and smiles were exchanged. We need to talk about the use of the passive voice there and improving yes. our creative writing <laughs> skills. So that's, yeah, I, the, the reading is, I think the writing is like really comprehensible there. Oh, and I have a thought about this and I'm going to tee up that thought with this because during a podcast, NT repeats the comment by that commenter. Hmm, and this is his quote when he's talking about whether it's Diana that's trafficked Hayden Panettiere. And it's true. And who did we talk about with Room 23 last week or a week and a half ago? Amanda Bynes, again, somebody who had parents who enabled who by just not parenting enough. And when you don't parent enough and there's just too many temptations in Hollywood, you know, a 13-year-old should not be forced to try and, you know, get away from somebody who wants to have sex with them in order to protect their job. A parent, if a parent is there, it makes a job a lot easier. If a parent's not there, what's a child to do? And if a parent's not there and a child's offered Coke or whatever, it's a lot harder to say no, you know. And the one thing I noticed in all of these, and to be clear, I haven't listened to his podcast because I, I'm devoted to researching mess, but I'm not like $4.99 devoted to researching mess. <laughs> because I already have to listen to male lawyers drone on about nothing all day in my real job, and I wasn't going to do it. 
for this, but it's that he's not well-spoken and he's not a great communicator and he's a terrible writer. Like that's the main thing that stands out to me in all of this, the more you get into it. By the way, I love that we invited Naveen on our podcast as our very first honorary guest host. And now we're shitting on her blog, her favorite blog. Yes, sorry, Naveen. <laughs> we're the worst. Oh, I mean, <laughs> we're the worst. I, I read this for fun and Part the part of the fun is that it's so bad. It's just like ridiculously bad. Like you said, fanfic. He says that she was approached to be in room twenty three by Diana and believed that her appearance would result in more acting gigs. And then it turns out that she was basically, according to Inti, that's what they used her as a catalog for sex work for. And so she's saying, you know, she got all these calls from people after being in the book, but oh, it's not an agent, it's someone who's looking to buy you for sex. And she turns them down at first, and then she just starts accepting these calls. And then she started to, and then allegedly from the second half of 2008 and all the way to through early 2009, she had spent the time meeting wealthy men for fun as a result of being in that book. Which again, just makes no sense. Like, and again, we may be dating ourselves as elderly millennials or whatever. And I vaguely remember maybe Amanda Bynes having some troubles or issues. I don't know. Naveen, does that like ring a bell? Yeah. She had some mental health issues. But, but the thing is, is that Amanda Bynes back, we're talking in 2008, didn't need to be in a book for people to be trying to get her phone number to hook up with her. You know what I mean? (laughs) There was so much help. Like I graduated law school in 2008. I can confirm there was internet in 2008 (laughs) you could could find things yeah like we had iphones yeah we had iphones (laughs) yeah she doesn't need to like send smoke signals to get guys to be interested and then the whole idea that like somehow being in this book would lead to acting gigs when it's produced by again this hollywood adjacent rich person is just really wild this is just getting started, by the way, because this is all before Diana is announced as a cast wife or a cast member on Real Housewives. So once she is announced, NT Lawyer ramps it up. And so this one might be my favorite. In November 2021, right after she's announced as a cast member, he tweets a picture of Donald Trump, Jeffrey Epstein, and a Belgian model, but claims that the Belgian model is Diana Jenkins and says... They forgot the part about how Room 23 book being a front for celebrity prostitution and also forgot to include the picture below. She spent a lot of time with Jeffrey Epstein with and a lot in caps. It doesn't even look like her. It doesn't look like, like you her can even take a little bit. <laughs> one look at that and you're like, but that's clearly not the same person. I wonder, is this yeah, like he's... trolling on his part? Does he think he's trolling? I don't want to try and figure out what he's thinking here because clearly like he's made a living doing this. And so, you know, he clearly knows what works for him to make money, whether or not legal risks be damned, but like that is so clearly not her is, and the options are he knows and he doesn't care or he, he thinks it's her and they're both weird. Yeah. I mean, I guess we, we should never discount the possibility that somebody is just stupid. Yeah. I Um, guess that's fair. (laughs) (laughs) Like that's always a strong possibility. Right. But I also just wonder, I mean, at this point, this has been going on for so long. He's been saying things for years that I find shocking just to state as fact without couching with any room for deniability or error or anything like that. And then to put out this picture, it just seems like, well, look, like you haven't gotten sued. You've been doing this for years. 
you just kind of you're going to say whatever and stir up clicks and let the chips fall where they may. I find it fascinating, too, because KP, not to pull the curtain back too much on our discussions about this podcast, but you know, we've had discussions to make sure that we're not doing things that put us in legal jeopardy to the extent we can when it comes to defamation. And we're pretty careful about it in terms of, like you said, couching things and making sure that <laughs> statements of fact are actually backed up by fact. He's pretty wanton about it. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I would say we are, we try to be careful. I, and that's not necessarily like, oh, we're so afraid we're going to get sued. No, blah, blah, blah. Because, like, not at listen, all. there's like 10 people who listen to this podcast. Yes. Okay? Like, we're fine. <laughs> we're fine. Nothing's going to happen to us. But it's more just like, we want to be thoughtful about the way mm-hmm. that we are conveying information. And it's important to be careful and thoughtful about those things. And we don't want to suggest that something is fact when it's not. That's just our us like rubbing a couple brain cells together. <laughs> I love that you gave Nobody us. Nobody said he was a good yeah, lawyer. Yeah, maybe. <laughs> maybe that's the sign of a good lawyer. And JJ, you gave us much more credit. And I'm like, well, maybe he's stupid. We're not. I yeah. mm, let me throw that out there. Oh, possibility. <laughs> I mean, I don't know. Maybe there's a a good part of life is don't go around accusing people of causing Benghazi. Like, I mean, maybe there's a lesson to be had from that. True, true. Write that down. Write that down. We have a little practice tip each episode. So there, here's this one. Don't accuse people of causing Benghazi. (laughs) (laughs) (sighs) So he leaves that tweet up, even though, well, first of all, many, many of his commenters respond to the tweet basically saying, I knew it about Diana Jenkins, you know, because he has... Plenty of people that read it and innumerable people respond. They're like, I can't believe Bravo's hiring this madam, you know, shame on Bravo, blah, blah, blah. And then a lot of people respond. They're like, dude, that's a model. That's not her. And he doesn't delete it. He doesn't really respond to any of those. So, but he knows like at this point, people, enough people have told him that That, it's not her. That to me is shocking. And yeah, I'm shocked that he left it up. Also seems like something, listen, I'm no technical expert, but I have heard of Google reverse image search. It seems <laughs> like this would have been a pretty easy one to run down. And then why not delete it? If you are not intentionally trying to cause harm, like why would you just not delete it? That's what leads me to think he's trolling at this point, like, and just, just right. trolling her because there's, he had to have known at that point that it was fake when you have so many people responding being like, that's model so-and-so. Including Perez Hilton. Yeah, exactly. Including Perez Hilton who corrects him. And our Lord and Savior Perez Hilton is never wrong on this kind of stuff. (laughs) (laughs) You know, it's bad when you're siding with Yeah, you know, you're like, you're in a bad spot at that point. (laughs) He tweets again in November, 2021. He this time he tweets at Andy Cohen, who is executive at Bravo. I don't know if he's still the executive at Bravo, but he was in charge of developing the Real Housewives franchises. But he says, Hey, Andy, I'm sure you and Bravo TV did your due diligence about Diana Jenkins and asked her all about Asher Monroe, aka Asher Book, and her moving him into her house and sleeping with him beginning when he was 16. You decided that was okay? So a little backstory, Asher is her fiance, and they started dating when he was 23. And so this is just like flat out factually inaccurate. There is no math that makes this work or conceivable. But he's accusing Mm -hmm. her of engaging in statutory rape, essentially. Yeah, and being a predator. Mm-hmm. I mean, it just it just plays into uh, the predator. Yeah, yeah, the whole predator thing on Al Gore's on internet. Al Gore's internet. <laughs> That's shameful, shameful. <laughs> How dare he? So 
unsatisfied with that, he starts appearing on a podcast called Dishing Drama with Dana Wilkie. I had to Google Dana Wilkie. Naveen, you're making eye contact with me, so I know you know who she is because as oh, soon as yeah. I Googled the $25, her. <laughs> tell, 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 I don't so know who she is. Tell me who she is. Do you remember the woman named a- Pam on The Real Housewives of Beverly Hills that had the sunglasses and was like, do you love them? Chanel, $25,000. Yes. That is Dana Wilkie who went by Pam on the show. Okay. <laughs> yeah, Pam slash yeah. Dana. And she also is a convicted felon. Yep, she was. Isn't she? She she is the most awkward money brag in the history of Real Housewives when she bragged about her $25,000 sunglasses. And then a few years later was charged with federal wire fraud and <laughs> a plea bargained out. So KP, I was laughing when you were bringing up this theory of yours that you can add another one to the list. And you know, See, she was, I'm telling you. She was never a cast member. She was only a quote unquote friend of, but it's that same mental drive. And the other one I'd mentioned is Phaedra's husband, Apollo. Remember him? Oh, yeah. Federal prison. I forgot about him. For white collar crimes only, I believe. Yeah. That's what Phaedra said. (laughs) (laughs) And then what's his face that was married to Cynthia Moore? Wasn't there always a lot of scandal around him? Yeah, Peter Thomas. There was always a lot of scandal around him, too. Yeah. I don't think he's been to jail. He hasn't been to jail, but he always had like failing business enterprises and then he would pop up with a new one. Yes, exactly. Yeah, Dana Wilkie has a podcast, and I guess NT is one yes. of her <laughs> one of her people he on the is podcast. on her podcast all the time because apparently they let anyone have a podcast these days. Hey. Well, that is true. <laughs> <laughs> that is absolute fact. We know that. <laughs> so one funny thing is the episodes NT was on with Dana Wilkie, she has deleted. So Dana got the memo. Dana doesn't want the smoke, man. Dana, Dana's like, I've had enough of the legal system in my life. I don't need this. Thank you. I think she got a demand letter, mm-hmm. didn't she? When they sent out all the demand yeah, letters. She must beginning. have. I'm sure. She got a right. demand letter and she promptly deleted everything. She was like, fuck that. I'm out. Smart lady. But she's not. That's why she's only in this as recounting the facts and not as a party. Also, who knows how much money she has now? They may not. She may just be judgment proof. I think she's still paying restitution. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> No more $25,000 sunglasses for Dana. But she had Inti as a guest. And uh, when he's there, she says she's quote unquote blown away that they let Diana be a real housewife with the scandals surrounding her. And so that's when Inti lawyer takes the opportunity. He basically reiterates all the statements of various kinds that we've focused on. He rants about room 23, about sending Eastern European women to Haiti, for sex work, about yachting systems. He claimed that Diana was the reason the Barclays Bank had scandals with the UK government and that she caused See, all of the scandals at Barclays, which... That is just like... <laughs> dude, you got like you got to go touch some grass, sir. I yes. mean... <laughs> you got to go touch some grass and get some sunshine. Like, I don't understand. Did she kick his dog one day when he was walking his dog or like flip him off one day in traffic and he was like i'll get her i i mean I honestly you say you say that and you're joking but it probably was something where he tried to connect with her and she ignored him or she was slightly rude about it and he was like i'm gonna fucking ruin your life because we've seen i mean that happens mm-hmm. we've seen that happen where some woman doesn't give a man the time of day that he believes he is entitled to and he is going to spend the rest of his life making her absolutely miserable. So I would be 0% surprised 
to learn that this all stems from some seemingly innocuous interaction that she probably isn't even aware of because it happened so long ago. And he was just like, well, I'll show you. I mean, that's pure speculation, obviously, but that would make a thousand percent sense to me, especially with all this kind of like rambling, weird stuff. Well, and the kind of guy that does that is also the kind of guy that would be like, listen, I'm just being a nice guy. And why won't you give nice guys a chance? And this is why nice guys never get chances. 100%. (laughs) So he blames her for scandals that Barclays had with the government. I think my favorite of all the allegations he made, the NT lawyer made against Diana is the next one. He claimed that she has an employee who assassinated the president of Haiti. What? <laughs> oh, what? yes. Some, that an employee of her charity assassinated the president of Haiti. And I feel like someone would have been on top of a presidential assassination. Like if NT lawyer can rough this out, possibly law enforcement could have as well. I am sitting here slack-jawed. My brain is breaking, guys. (laughs) (laughs) It's just so random. (laughs) It's totally random. She was like nobody. I mean, she was very rich, but she wasn't. Yeah, yeah. there's plenty of, there's a lot of, Elon Musk is very rich. Like, there's a lot of random rich people. (laughs) And then he alleges he, there's two podcast episodes. At the end of the first one, he creates a cliffhanger for the second one that uh, Diana sold a 14-year-old girl to Jeffrey Epstein. And basically says, you know, stay tuned, we're going to talk about this. And then they get to the second one. And it's funny because in the way they describe it, like NT lawyer is saying, oh, yeah, she definitely sold this 14-year-old girl and here's her name and we're sending her to Jeffrey Epstein. And Dana's reaction, if you read it, it's kind of like, oh, wow, that's kind of juicy. And then she changes the subject. And I wonder if even she was like, oh, shit. (laughs) She's like, breaks we have gone too far that's me you may be wondering how i ended up in this situation (laughs) (laughs) so he then receives a cease and desist in august of this year diana's lawyer sent him a cease and desist and so the first thing he does is run to dana's podcast and discusses it with her on the podcast and basically said, KP, you're making faces. What are you going to say? <laughs> well, let's just be completely honest here. That is a thousand percent something I would do too. If you were <laughs> going to send me a cease and desist. And it has something to do with like a podcast or something yes. like this. One of my first action items is going to be to talk shit about it. Oh, yeah. I will be tweeting lines of it. I will be screenshotting it. <laughs> <laughs> So I really can't fault him for that. I might have called a lawyer first. <laughs> well, and, and to be fair, like, we are also not out in the streets accusing people of selling girls to Jeffrey Epstein. Right. My risk profile is a little lower. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> you know, he admits he gets to cease and desist. And he says, it's not his first and it probably won't be his last. And then he says, I could see why the statements would be upsetting to her. And there could be a few statements that would stick around in a lawsuit. And (laughs) it's just, if you're going to talk shit about your demand, don't admit that maybe some of the statements are bad in it. 
And then he finally admits that he did That's delete right. some posts and some media. And one of those was the Jeffrey Epstein tweet. I guess that was finally time for him to delete that one. And he says, sometimes I delete them. And when I get a cease and desist, it happens. But usually it's so meaningless and lost in time. I don't really care. I just delete it and move on. So he kind of confirms that, yes, he's gotten other cease and desist. And yes, he's deleted blinds, essentially, in reaction to those. Which just seems like prudent business practice to me. If you are going to be in this business of blind item gossip blogging, then yes, you are going to have to occasionally delete some stuff, probably. Yeah, exactly. Diana files this lawsuit, and kind of here we are. Reactions from the group in terms of, would you have filed the lawsuit if you were her, given that we're now discussing it on a podcast, and KP, you and I (laughs) didn't even know about these allegations prior to this lawsuit being filed? Well, I guess that's one of my questions. I mean, do we know why was it this stuff was ramping up? And because she was a cast member, maybe commentary like this was becoming more frequent. I mean, I guess that's one of my questions is why now? Because so much of this conduct dates back to 2012, 2014, 16. I mean, it's been going on for a really, really long time. Does she have the same lawyers representing her in the bot lawsuit with Garcelle, the comments that were alleged that she sent bots I don't to know. that's a really good question. Garcelle's son's page. She's litigious. We know that. Um, yes. Just by virtue. Girl will file yeah. a lawsuit. And for those that don't know, one of the cast members on Real Housewives of Beverly Hills, her son was having a, essentially a racist bot attack against his social media accounts. And there was an accusation that Diana was in charge of it. And she filed a lawsuit essentially to unmask who those were and to prove it wasn't her. So I was wondering if this was part of some bigger strategy for her in terms of maintaining her public image. We took a break and Naveen and I did some investigating and discovered that the same lawyer who's representing Diana in her lawsuit related to Garcelle and the bots is the lawyer who's representing her in this lawsuit against Enti Lawyer. His profile describes him as best known as a, quote, notoriously tough and, quote, defamation lawyer who companies turn to when their reputation and products have been unfairly attacked. He represented a beef producer in the $6 billion pink slime litigation against ABC. The case has been called the largest defamation case in U.S. history and was resolved favorably for his client after four weeks of trial. So without knowing more, I sort of seems like this guy might have some chops. I don't know. Yeah, that was the Oprah lawsuit. <laughs> um, it was Oprah that talked about pink yep. slime and got him that uh, verdict against him. Interesting. So yeah, he may have some chops. Interesting. I am so fascinated to see where this goes because I think, JJ, before we took our break, you asked the question, like, would you have filed this lawsuit? And I think Naveen's point is a good one that maybe... Diana has kind of a bigger strategy related to what her PR is going to be going forward and taking clearly a more aggressive approach to media coverage and speculation that maybe she doesn't like. Yeah. She's got money to spend. Why not be aggressive with it? If you're willing to spend it that way, (laughs) sure. Yeah. We kind of talked about it earlier. What are NT lawyers' defenses to this? You know, what are the defenses to defamation per se? I think it's interesting. One thing, and I, you know, if I were his lawyer and 
the first thing I do is look at anti-slap defense on this, which would be a real fun one to argue for those that aren't like nerding out on First Amendment law lawyers. Anti-slap laws are attempts to prevent people from filing defamation complaints to silence legitimate speech. It basically is out there so that you don't have these wealthy plaintiffs out there when they have speech they don't like, they go and sue some small person whose speech they don't want and tie them up in litigation and basically shut them down from speaking And so it prevents people, you know, if you're complaining about lawmakers or you're complaining about someone famous in your town and basically saying things of public importance, anti-slap laws create a procedural mechanism where you can file a motion to dismiss and the court has to decide it very quickly. And if the court decides in your favor as the defendant, they are required to award you all your attorney's fees incurred. If they don't, decide it in your favor, you get the right to appeal it immediately. And so you can basically stay the case and stop the case from going forward and wait for an appeals court to look at it. So it seems like a pretty easy way for a defamation defendant to stop a case in its tracks because you're not going to get any discovery and it's not going to go forward. You just have to be able to argue that the things you were saying were of public importance. And I think that might be where the rubber (laughs) hits the road on this one. I feel like we might kind of go off the tracks on that one. I'm just saying we're talking about assassinating people and (laughs) well it is the public money it is public importance who assassinated the president of Haiti, KP. And I don't know why (laughs) you don't think that. (laughs) That is true. That is true. I just uh yeah think the tie to Diana is somewhat tenuous here. So it'll be interesting. I mean, there's really no reason not to file that if you're a defendant in these, because worst case scenario, it gets appealed to the appeals court. And how long does that take? And it's out of your hands and it's not really in trial. You don't have to worry about that for a while. I wouldn't be surprised if we see one of those. The one thing we talked about somewhat is Diana is a public figure in defamation. There's a much higher standard to prove with public figures. I mean, she is now, and again, I don't want to get into the weeds on defamation stuff, but it's like, at what point did she become a public figure? Because again, just because you are rich and Mm -hmm. rub elbows with people in Hollywood, does that make you a public figure? I mean, that doesn't seem to me like it should make you a public figure, but, but I don't know. Like, I don't know. So I'm, I'm intrigued to see where this goes. The most intriguing thing I think with this is, you know, obviously Diana is trying to unmask Inti Lawyer. She's going to want to subpoena servers and who these registered to. It's something you can do once you file a lawsuit against someone like this to discern their identity. Allegedly, I don't know if you got into this with the Inti Lawyer stories, KP, but he's got like aliases and LLCs that he puts all of his servers in. So you can't. I don't believe any of that. (laughs) I don't believe any of it. Apparently he was on a podcast with Dumas and used like voice changing technology. I haven't listened to it, but people were saying that he uses this voice changing technology as well when he's on these I'm podcasts. I'm pretty sure you can buy that for 15 bucks at Radio Shack. I mean, I just, I think part of, I guess the reason I don't buy it is because I think all of that is to try and like generate this mystique, mystique. about who he is and to try and increase his credibility by making it harder to figure out who he is. When we've got this 
either it was the New York Post or it was the Vanity Fair article. But even back then, they're like, he lied about every fucking thing he told us. None of it was true. And if you go down some of these rabbit holes, some of them, I mean, one of the reasons they thought it was this guy in St. Louis uh, is just like, they're like, listen, if you spent enough time on the dregs of the internet, if you hoovered up internet information most of your day too, like you could probably put some of this stuff together as well from other sources on the internet. And occasionally like every broken clock is right twice a day. So you occasionally are going to hit on a nut and like start gaining credibility that way. So that's why when I hear like, oh, he's like so smart. He's got all these like mission impossible servers and they're never going to figure out who he is. Like He probably was pretty careful in the beginning, but like these statements, like all this stuff just evidences, I think a level of sloppiness certainly recently. And it really doesn't take much to make a simple mistake that makes it extraordinarily easy to figure out who you are. And people, somebody knows who he is. Like there are people out there who know who he is I just don't, I don't think it's going to be that hard and like good on him for going to Radio Shack and spending a couple of bucks <laughs> to to get the Dateline NBC voice hider thingamajig. Is it the same voice on his TikTok? Because Dumois used to use a voice changer. Oh, I don't know. I haven't anymore. watched his TikToks. Yeah, he has the same voice on his on the podcast as he does on the TikToks. So, but I don't know if he uses a voice changer. He sounds like a regular guy to me. That's the main thing that just slaps me in the face with this complaint is so often people claim defamation when they're like, so-and-so called me a racist. So-and-so called me a Nazi. And it's like, well, no, that's their opinion. And opinion is protected. And that's not defamation. Like, sorry, you don't like their opinion. That doesn't, that's not actionable. His, he wasn't couching these as opinion. Like these were flat out facts as somebody who is not versed in defamation law whatsoever, I was like, I don't know. This looks bad. <laughs> yeah. There's a lot of laughable defamation lawsuits out there. This isn't one of them to me. This seems like it's got, it's written well. There's some real black or white statements that are said in there. It will be fascinating to watch how this develops and see what his defenses are and if this ever gets to discovery, what it looks like, and, I will be and who he is. Yep. <laughs> mm-hmm. I'll be very interested in this. I have a question because Naveen, I think before we recorded, you had skimmed this a long time ago or no, or you were coming into it blind. What's your gut? Like, what do you think about all this? I think his statements were totally reckless and like not, they were not couched in as allegations and he relayed them as if they were facts and uh, I just feel like it's dangerous territory for him. They're so specific. That's the other thing mm-hmm. about these, like, the assassination attempt, like Jeffrey Epstein and Sean Penn and, like, all mm-hmm. these, like, all the sex trafficking. It's just like, come on. It's, it's a little nuts. I wonder if this is going to be it the end of It doesn't even seem like satire. Like, could you, could you get real creative and argue, oh, this is satire? Like, I don't see, maybe there's someone more creative than me that can argue it, but I certainly don't see it there. No, it just, I agree with Naveen. It seems really reckless. Well, Diana's going to rue the day that she cut him off in traffic. And he <laughs> looked up her license plate and was like, I hope fucking ruin her life. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, should we talk about what we're going to do next? I am working on 
bringing you guys a story about a true jailhouse lawyer that caught my eye. And I think we'll enjoy that one. That'll be a little bit shorter. And then we will see where our nosiness takes us. I'm so excited, but we really appreciate everybody tuning in and leaving us reviews and subscribing. And Naveen, I am so grateful that you agreed to be our guest on this podcast, despite knowing us really well. You yes. agreed to do this. <laughs> it was a really questionable judgment on your part to do this. I feel so honored that you guys asked me to be on this. It's one of my favorite websites. <laughs> that we just shit on for the past hour and 20 minutes. So thank you for coming and letting us do that. I mean... Let's do it again sometime. Tell us something well else deserved. you like. We'll do this again sometime. <laughs> well thank you everyone don't forget to if you like this podcast please rate us leave a review if you can we appreciate every single one we read every single one they bring joy to my heart every single time i read them so we very much appreciate all of the reviews and feedback that you've been giving us all right bye everybody bye everyone